0: Luke 18, Luke 18, we're going to read the first eight verses here, and as we, I think we may conclude our, our look at prayer here, commanded to pray, and we'll close out with the power of prayer. I, I have one more lesson that is on my heart and in my mind, but I don't want to weary you with the thought of prayer, but I do want to encourage you to pray. Uh, it's a critical component of our Christian life, and I, I would say that you're not a Christian if you're not a prayer. You're not Christ-like, is what I mean by that. And so um, our prayer life is, is, is critically important to our effectiveness to minister. And we're going to be talking about that a little bit today, about opportunities and boldness and, and, and opportunities to minister as we look at this idea of power to pray or the power of prayer. But Luke 18, verses 1-8, through let's begin reading. It says this, "...and he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray." So we ought to, we ought always be praying and not faint, saying there was in a, uh, in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of my adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God and regard not man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continually coming she weary me." <clears throat> And the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge saith. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cried day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I just want to remind you, sometimes God's bearing long. Uh, He doesn't answer right away. But anyway, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, look at this, shall he find faith on the earth? Are we going to be found faithful? Uh, Do we have the faith to pray? I would say. And so this morning, let's open up in a word of prayer. Father, we do thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to gather with your people today, Lord. And I do thank you for this church and for this assembly of believers that you've brought together. Lord, we pray for your blessing upon it. We thank you for uh, this facility and this place that we can gather together this uh, Lord's day. And we pray that you'd meet with us in a special way. I ask that the word of God would go forth uh, with power, Lord, and that you would touch hearts and encourage folks and challenge folks. And Lord, I ask that you would just make us a praying people. Lord, help us understand the seriousness of this matter and that we would avail ourselves and that we would, uh, Lord, commit ourselves to pray, Lord, certainly as we ought. And so now we just pray for your blessing on the Sunday school hour. Thank you for the visit with my family. Lord, we pray that you would just be with my dad. Lord, I pray that you would just strengthen his heart and encourage him. Lord, I trust that my visit was a blessing, but Lord, I pray that you would just encourage him in the Lord, that you would renew him. and. Father, Lord, certainly we look to you for healing, uh, but Lord, I just want your will to be done, and I want you to be glorified in all of it, and so give wisdom there. And Father, again, we thank you for your word. Pray you move in our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. So as we continue here this morning, we'll look at the power of prayer, and really I'm just going to share several examples of the power of prayer uh, that we see in Scripture this morning. Uh, But did you know Jesus anticipated that people would become slack in prayer? We have this parable in Luke 18. Men ought always to pray and not faint. It's it's not always uh, the desire of our heart to pray. We don't always feel like praying, but we ought to. Uh, And I would say when you don't feel like it is maybe a critical time when you should. Um, But... We are exhorted over and over in Scripture to be prayers, uh, to be uh, a people of prayer. Pray always with all prayer and supplication. Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. And, and of course, everybody knows pray without ceasing. And there are so many exhortations and so many really imperatives that we should be prayers in Scripture. Why is that? I think it's because we're prone to not pray. Uh, the Lord, if He emphasizes something and, and He mentions it continually, I think that's because we're susceptible to not doing the what we're being admon- or what we're encouraged or exhorted to do. Uh, and I know certainly in my life, sometimes it's easy to go about prayer very mechanically, and, and we just kind of check the uh, we got our list and we check those things. But have we really fellowshiped with the Father? Uh, and so I encourage you to pray and, and what I have found, the more effort I put into it and the more time I devote to it, the sweeter my prayer is. And, um, certainly I'm not going to tell you the words to say or those things because you just need to bear your heart to God right. and he'll do those things. And if you get in the word of God, you'll be able to pray the word of God. Uh, and, and you certainly cannot go wrong there. Uh, but at times I'm afraid we've become slack in our prayers, uh, And I think maybe that's because we don't associate the power of prayer because we don't understand that sometimes the Lord does bear long. He doesn't respond in our timeline. And so we kind of lose hope and we don't want to uh, commit time to something that maybe we feel is not effective. Uh, Shame on us because we know that uh, prayer is a privilege and there's power in prayer. And I'll remind you of James, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. There is much available to us in the, in the power of prayer. But it doesn't come unless we pray. That's right. We have perhaps one of the uh, most untapped resources at our disposal in Christ. And so... Uh, the power of prayer. Let's look at a few examples this morning. And we've talked about some of these, but I just want to remind you there's forgiveness. Uh, listen, we will fail. We will sin. Not, and listen, not because we want to. We ought not presume on the grace of God. But what I'm telling you is you're not perfect. And, and we know that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. So we can go to Him and, and, and be forgiven. And what a blessing it is to know that we can have right fellowship. Uh, Acts 8.22, repent therefore of this thy wickedness and pray God if perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee. Listen, we can be forgiven. Yeah. And, and that's an encouragement. And that increases our effectiveness in prayer knowing that we're right with our God. And so there's forgiveness there. What a blessing to know that through prayer we can have right fellowship restored in our relationship. So I don't know, maybe your fellowship is, is broken with the Father this morning because you have something in your life that needs to be dealt with. There's forgiveness in prayer. Uh, if you would go to God in prayer and in faith. Uh, and, and thank Christ for that. What a miserable life to live in disunity. Uh, I think of a marriage that the husband and wife aren't having good fellowship. And the home is, is difficult and, and there's unrest and it's hard. Uh, we ought never want that with our father and our walk with him. We want to be in unity. So, so I just encourage you this morning, deal with those things. Uh, and what a blessing it is to know that we have the assurance of knowing that, that He is a merciful, loving God. And But there's peace uh, in prayer. We're talking about the power of prayer, and I think I mentioned this even last week, the antidote of anxiety is to pray. Uh, be careful for nothing. Listen, don't consume yourself with things that you really can't control, but in everything, By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. I looked up some things about anxiety this week. And here's a, they call it GAD, generalized anxiety disorder. Um, And and listen, I'm not being critical of anybody that might be struggling with some things this morning. and, And I'm not saying that there aren't other things that might be at play that somebody might have some, Uh, an anxious spirit or things. But the truth of the matter is, a lot of times if we would just take it to God, those things could be dealt with. Um, But they they characterize it by this, a persistent and excessive worry about a number of different things. Does that not describe us at times? Mm -hmm. Consistent, and, and we're just worrying and we're concerning ourselves with a number of different things, all these different things, and oftentimes we have no control over them. And we develop in our mind the worst case scenario and we make ourselves sick because we're consuming ourselves with things that probably will never even happen. They say statistically that those things that we worry about will never even come uh, to pass. Uh, People with, and they say people that have a diagnosis with GAD uh, may anticipate disaster and may be overly concerned about, listen to this, they may be overly concerned about money, health, Family, work, and it says other issues. I'm afraid even in our churches today, we have people that are just anxious. Yes. They're stressed over, we can say, maybe the family. Maybe you got family issues. Maybe it's your job. you got something going on at work. Maybe you've just overly concerned yourself with the matter of health. And listen, I understand we have difficult things that we face in life. I truly, I, I do get it. Uh, My life has not been sunshine and butterflies, uh, despite how good I look this morning. (laughs) So I understand. I've been the person that's been anxious over something I can't control, and I've made myself miserable. But listen, the reality is we don't have to be that way if we would just have faith in our God. Listen, He has committed Himself, and He's promised that He would meet our needs and He would provide for us. Now, I'm not saying you don't have to go to work. (laughs) That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying quit your job and just go kneel and pray for the next, you know, that's not how God chooses to meet our needs. But what I am saying is you need to go to work in prayer. Pray about work. You need to go to work in prayer for your family. Listen, we all have family issues. I just went and saw family. And family's difficult at times. And, And you know what else happens? Family has burdens. And that becomes a burden to us because they're our family, they're our loved ones. Listen, there's burdens in the church that are not my personal burdens, but they're mine because I love the folks here. Listen, we ought to be a praying people. We don't want to get a clinical diagnosis of GAD, do we? And again, I'm not, if there's somebody that has some struggles, listen, pastor will talk to you i'll talk to you that listen but what i want to tell you is there's a lot of people suffering when they don't need to and i'm talking primarily to christians this morning i'm not saying that this is available to the lost they're going to be miserable at times because they need christ but in christ we have the ability to take all of those things and we don't have to care for any of it be careful for what a few things you got to really be concerned about your family no it says nothing And the reality is we just don't have the faith to say, you know what, God? I I can't do anything here. I don't know what to do, but we doubt. And none of us are perfect. I get it. Sometimes we have doubts. Sometimes we struggle. But what I'm telling you this morning is we don't have to consume ourselves and worry ourselves over these things. But oftentimes we do because we don't take it to the Lord. We're not a praying people. It says in everything. So we can't care for, we don't need to care for anything, but we need to take everything to him. So we got to set it down at, at the throne of grace and say, God, I, I need your help here. This is out of my control. And if you remember last week, we really can't control any of it. And so don't ruin your mind. Listen, there are 6.8 million adults Uh, on any given year are diagnosed with this GAD, this anxiety. And and they say anxiety rate, it hovers around 30% all the time in America. So 30% of the people who are around are are just consumed with worries and cares and things. And listen, that demographic ought not represent the church. We don't have to be in that category because we have the power of prayer. And again, I want to remind you, you must go to him in faith and just trust him. They say it can come on gradually, and certainly I know that's true. And this is what they said the exact cause of Gad is unknown. And I would say, you know, in my mind, the, the cause of it is not knowing God and a lack of faith. Listen, we have at our disposal one of the greatest things. Let's finish that that those verses. We read verse 6 in Philippians 4. Look what it says in verse 7. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. They say that there's oftentimes physical manifestations or symptoms begin to develop physically because people are so anxious and stressed. And it begins to affect their physical bodies. And, you know, it, you can give yourself ulcers and and headaches and all these different things because you're just so worried about things. But God can give us peace. We don't have to live a life that's miserable. Listen, but the praying, thankful Christian will find their, will find their hearts and minds guarded by the peace of God. We can be guarded through all the anxiousness that's around us. Listen, our world is an anxious world. Just turn on the news. And I was having a conversation with Caleb, as we were driving and we were making some observations and we weren't honestly really being critical of people, but sometimes you're around people and it's just, oh boy, America, it's all lost and, and life is horrible. And, and he's like, I, I, I don't want to live that way. And I said, you're right. Listen, we, we can live an abundant, joyful life in the midst of utter chaos and anxiousness in a miserable society because we are connected to Jesus Christ and God the Father. And I, I, we had a good conversation just driving back. And, and listen, but so many people, they're so negative all the time. Well, this, uh, well, sometimes you need to go to God and, and with thanksgiving. You have your prayers and you have your supplications, but God, thank you for your goodness. Listen, you know what? If nothing else, God, thank you for my tongue so I can whine and complain no, that's probably not the right prayer. You need to confess and deal with that. But what I'm saying is they don't even realize because they're such complainers how blessed they are. We need to be careful, folks. Um, Sometimes churches are the sounding board for that nonsense. We get in here and what do we do? We talk about all the, the frustrations in America and all the political problems that we have and all the, uh, the social challenges that face us. And But we're not here. We, what we ought to be is talking about Christ and how he can overcome all of that. And, and, and listen, how can we reach people? Look, at, there's people that are suffering. They're facing all these things. How can we reach them? How can we share the love of God with them? How can we share Christ with them? They need Christ. The answer is not a bunch of belly and Baptists. The answer is Christ. Amen. And so that's what we ought to be consuming ourselves with, and that's what our discourse and our discussions need to be centered around. And I'm not saying we bury our head in the sand. Don't we misunderstand me. But what I'm saying is we need to focus on the right thing. Uh, and listen, there's, we're talking about the power of prayer. There's wisdom. James 5, or James 1, 5 through 5-8, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not. And it shall be given him, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that Wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind, and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Listen, we can find wisdom uh, in in these things. And and I'll come back to that. I actually looked at my notes and I'm out of order here. But I want to mention healing here. Uh, There is healing. Uh, The power of prayer. Those who are sick should pray. And in the Bible, the example that we have in James is we can ask for the elders to come and pray for us. And, and I believe that can be a physical or a spiritual illness. So those that are anxious, those that are hurting, maybe you have been praying, but maybe you need some help. Maybe you need the elders uh, to, to pray with you in, uh, about a matter or, or to pray for you. And, and listen, the, the Word of God tells us they can be healed there. And so this morning, what I'm telling you is we don't have to live in misery. We can be healed from any anxiousness that we may face in this life. God did not put that verse in there just because it was convenient. I believe he put it in there because he knew that we were prone to be careful for everything. And that we would be prone to try to solve all of our problems ourselves, And that creates stress and anxiety in us. And it begins to man itself manifest itself physically and we begin struggling and then all of a sudden that starts compounding and the next thing you know, we're depressed and we don't know what to do. Listen, we can be healed. There's power in prayer is what I want to tell you this morning. But wisdom, you know, we need wisdom to minister. Um, we need wisdom to know how to minister. And so uh, I, I won't labor there very long, but it kind of goes into these next couple of 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 points that I have here about seeking the Lord's wisdom and direction as we minister. Listen, if you need wisdom, God says He will give it to you. Ask in faith. And He'll give you more than you need. Uh, It doesn't mean you don't need to apply yourself. You should probably be in the Word of God. Um, But I want to talk about this idea of there's opportunity in prayer. We're talking about the power of prayer. Paul realized that God provided opportunity to reach people. If you want, you can turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, in verse 5, it says, Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos, but ministers by whom ye believed, even as the Lord gave to every man? The Apostle Paul is talking about those that are ministering, and we know that there are some, uh, some issues in the church there that he's dealing with, and, and their disagreement, who's of this and who's of that. And, and, but I want you to notice, even as the Lord gave to every man, did you know we all have a ministry? We all have a responsibility to reach those that are around us. And Paul understood that there were doors that could be opened for ministering. If you turn over several chapters in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, in verse 9 it says this, For a great door and effectual is opened unto me, and there are many adversaries. 2 Corinthians 2.12 says this, Furthermore, when I came to Troos to preach Christ's gospel... And a door was opened unto me of the Lord. And so Paul is, What the point I want you to get is, we all have a responsibility to minister. And the doors that we all have may be different. As the Apostle Paul traveled around, he had different opportunities to minister to different people at different times at different places. And, and the Lord would often open doors of opportunity that he might preach Christ. The Christ's gospel, it says there in chapter 2 of 2 Corinthians, he therefore requested prayer that such opportunities would continue. Colossians 4.3, it says this, With all praying also for us, that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in bonds. This morning, for the Christian that's here today, for those that are in Christ, don't you want the Lord to give you an opportunity to lead others to Christ? That really is, they say, some say that's the heartbeat of God. We know that Christ came to seek and to save that which was lost. And so as Christians, that ought to be our desire. When's the last time you prayed for an opportunity? And, and I'm not necessarily just talking about the, well, give me an opportunity just to hand out a track or, or maybe share the gospel. I'm talking about a no kidding ministry. Something that is ongoing and continual sometimes I think we have this laissez-faire attitude in the Christian life that we just wake up and I hand out a few tracts, my conscience is soothed, and I'm okay, and I'm right with God. I believe God has a ministry for every Christian. And that will be in and through the local church some way, I believe. And perhaps that ministry is door-knocking. And you go out regular and you do that. I'm not, I'm not saying that's not the case. And everybody can't teach the adult Sunday school class. I understand that. So, but what does God want you to do? And have you prayed and asked God for an opportunity? Listen, God has doors that he opens for people. Perhaps God has given you a door that was open, but you neglected to step through it. Maybe that opportunity is now no longer available. The door's closed. Perhaps you need to ask God for a new opportunity. Lord, open a door that I might minister. Listen, we ought to be about the Father's business. Uh, Christ saved us. If our salvation was just about us being saved and and spending eternity in heaven with, uh, with, with Jesus and the Father, why wouldn't we just be gone at the moment of salvation? That's not reality. The reality is He's left us here to be ambassadors, to be light, to reach the lost. And so if you're in Christ today, there is an opportunity that is for you. I don't know what that opportunity is. So let's back up and talk about wisdom. God, give me wisdom. I want to serve you. I I just don't know where. Can can you lead me? Can you guide me? Can you give me wisdom in this matter of being faithful to uh, give me a ministry, if you will? Maybe we could word it that way. But listen, God has an opportunity for all of us. Are you praying for opportunities? Every single Christian ought to be seeking opportunities for ministry. We were not saved just to come fill up you. Now, there may be a season and a time in your life that that's what's needed. And so I'm not telling you that you got to get up and you got to go do something right now, but what I'm telling you is as God opens the door of opportunity, as you pray for wisdom, and as God leads, you need to be obedient to that because the design wasn't for you just to come and sit here and just take and take and take. Church wasn't designed that way. Church was designed for you to come here and exhort and to encourage one another. And that's aside from... The commandment that you have to go preach the gospel to every creature. I think ladies can preach. I say there should be pastors, but ladies can preach. They ought to be sharing the gospel, the good news, with those around them. Everyone's a preacher. What opportunities has God given you that maybe you're not taking advantage of, or maybe you just need wisdom? to do it more effectively. I believe God has a ministry for every one of you this morning. Pray that God would give you the wisdom to know what it is. And here's, as we move on, we can pray for boldness. When the apostles needed boldness, what'd they do? I'll tell you, they prayed. And you know what God did? He gave it to them. Acts chapter 4, and I know this is uh, familiar. Pastors uh, looked at this uh, a few weeks ago at least. It's chapter, you're in chapter 6 or 7 now. I think this is chapter 4. So, um, <clears throat> But I have here in my notes, um, well, let's read it. Acts 4, 23 through 31. And being let go, and, and of course we know this was after the healing and after they were uh, reprimanded and beat, all those kind of things it says, um, They went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders said unto them. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which hast made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them, who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, Why why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, and the, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together, for to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. And, and here's what I want you. And so they're they're calling out to the God, to God, and it says now and now in verse 29. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with, or that with all boldness they may speak thy word. And so here are people that have been told not to preach, beaten, and they go before God and they say, we need boldness. Listen, sometimes I think we have many opportunity, but we lack boldness. We're timid. We We hesitate to preach the word of God. And it says, Grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may preach the word. It goes on here, it says, But stretching forth thine hand to heal, and signs and wonders may be done by the name of the holy child. In verse 31 it says this, And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. What they ask for? Boldness. What did God give them? Boldness. God answers prayer, does he not? I think perhaps sometimes we lack the ability to take advantage of opportunities. We lack the ability to be effective in our ministry because we're not asking God to make us bold. Listen, I've been in the workplace. It can be challenging at times to speak up. I've been there. I'm not being critical of anyone. I understand that. And in the Air Force, it was certainly frowned upon. But I I do know this. There were times where I had a boldness, and I'm not saying this because I'm somebody, but it was like a Holy Spirit boldness that God had given me because I had praying that my coworkers would come to know Christ. It starts with us getting on our knees and asking God for an opportunity. God, give me an opportunity to preach Christ. Give me an opportunity to share the gospel. Give me an opportunity to share thy word. And Lord, give me the boldness. Help me not to be ashamed. Help me to be strong. Strengthen me in thy word. Are you praying for opportunities? Are you praying for boldness? Listen, pray for wisdom that God could allow you to minister. We need wisdom. Listen, I want our church to go forward for the cause of Christ. The ministries that we have today, I want to grow to reach more people. Do you not want to pick up more children on the vans? I pray that we don't have an empty seat on them. But we need wisdom. God, give us opportunity and give us the boldness that we need. God, guide us as we uh, go to the neighborhoods, which neighborhood to go. That Listen, these ought to be matters of prayer in our life. If you go out into the secular world to work, you ought to be praying for opportunities. God, help me to be wise in how I share Christ. God, give me those opportunities and give me the boldness to take advantage of those opportunities. God, help me. Listen, and the early church was doing it in spite of persecution. Many of us can share Christ and the worst that's gonna happen to us is people just don't wanna listen and they'll walk away. Maybe somebody will use foul language towards you. In most workplaces, that's unacceptable. So they don't. They just walk away. The reality is I don't think we're taking advantage of opportunities God's given us. And I, don't, I certainly think many times we're not praying for the boldness that we need. <clears throat> I am convinced that the way God has us minister works. Pray for boldness. He gives them boldness. Pray for opportunities. There's opportunities. Certainly, the sacrifice of of Christ is sufficient. God has put everything in place that the lost might be saved. We oftentimes are the weak link. And so I challenge you this morning, as we think of this idea of the power of prayer, how more effective can our ministries be if we would just look to God. When Paul needed boldness, he asked them for prayer. And God gave it to him. Look at also Ephesians 6, 9, 19 and 20. It says, And for me that utterance may be given unto me. So here he is. He's asking the the believers at uh, Ephesus to pray for him. And it says this, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly. Look, I want you to notice this last part, as I ought to speak. We have a commission, we have a command to preach the gospel. We ought to speak it. We would be negligent if we didn't go before God and ask for his help. And to corporately ask others to pray with us. To say, listen, I I believe God has an opportunity for me. Maybe you don't know what it is. Maybe you do know what it is. You just need wisdom and and the boldness to make it a reality. We ought to be going to God asking for that. There are so many examples in Scripture we have. But oftentimes we're negligent. I think we have this, this, just sit around and enjoy the blessings of the people behind us. Those Christians that have gone before that got us the gospel, do you want to be the dead end? Uh, I know a great preacher. That's what he said. He said, I don't ever want to be the dead end Christian. Somebody that was obedient and they shared Christ and, and they, they loved God enough and they loved me enough to share the gospel with me. I don't ever want to be that Christian that it dead ends. You have a responsibility to preach Christ. That may look different for you than it does me. It certainly will. But the responsibility is no less. We ought to be boldly speaking as we ought. We should pray for opportunities uh, to preach and to be bold. Uh, Do we not need boldness from above? We need the Holy Spirit, God's wisdom. I know a lot of folks that go out, and I feel like they just, uh, they use the, uh, the shotgun effect. And they feel uh, almost as if they just, if they shoot enough and they're abrasive enough, maybe somebody will catch it. I want a more targeted Holy Spirit led. Now, I'm, I, that, I'm not, we ought to be casting the seed. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying we just sit back and just onesie, twos. That's not what I'm saying. But I hope you understand my heart this morning is specific opportunities to share Christ. The power of prayer is indeed a blessing. God has given us all the equipment we need to minister. If we would but pray in faith... There is help in time of need from God above. Uh, we just have to have the faith to, and the humility to humble ourselves before Him. Did you know that you have the ability to approach the throne of grace at any time? And you can go boldly before the throne of grace. We ought to be a praying people Indeed, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. But I can't help but think if that's true of one righteous, what if collectively we got serious about prayer? How we could multiply the much that we see there in James. That we could be a people that God uses... And and listen, sometimes I think we miss out on opportunities because we're not ready. We're not seeking God to use us. Are we looking for opportunities? Do you believe in the power of prayer? Then let us pray always. Let us continue earnestly in prayer and pray without ceasing. There is no shortage of lost people in our community. We ought to pray that God would give us wisdom, opportunities, and boldness. Let's pray.